from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chapter 62 of What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray, and the beautiful and gorgeous and stunning Graham Merrow Merrigan joins me as always. <laughs> Very complimentary this evening, Danny. Well, people have been saying they're being hard on you in the last couple of weeks, so, you know. I just the, masses to, have, the masses have spoke. They have, and, you know, I just want them to know that it's all about the love up here. So We aren't yeah. going through any uh, bad patch at all. Yeah, no, not at all. We're all good. You We're just like good. to wind me up at times. I do. I, I, I get enjoyment out of it. But I'd like to think that's, you know... It's a two-way street. I'd like to think you get enjoyment out of winding me up also, like. No, because you get too aggressive. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> 62. 62. Huh? You love emphasizing the numbers, don't you? I do. I get enjoyment out of that, yeah. I'm a little bit paranoid about the 60 chapters because I've got a little bit of a lisp. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I get a little bit kind of like... Can't wait for 66. I'm dreading it. <laughs> I'll Stick do it. Like. 66. Um... But yeah, look, one place that I don't mind having a lisp when I get to pronounce it is the wonderful Fitzpatrick Castle. What a sensational place this is. It is. You can check out FitzpatrickCastle.com. You can check them out on the Facebook. Skip the online presence and just actually come to the physical presence. Check it out, man. Unbelievable up here. Book yourself in, have a little stay. Check out the fabulous eateries in the sense of the gastronomic experience <laughs> that is uh, the Dungeon Bar and Grill and uh, PJ's restaurant check and out the library bar the exclusive What's a Story tour they'll be happy to provide you give you the studio tour the tour of our fantastic studio yeah, yeah. and our uh, snooker table cloth beautiful green is a beautiful colour man it is beautiful colour it's my favourite colour um, what's your favourite colour blue blue mm. Westbury I knew you'd say blue. I'm surprised you're not going to say blue, white I, and red. I knew you'd say green. Little raw head, you. Uh, don't care, proud. <laughs> Love green. Um, yeah, look, no, I'd, I'd actually say green is probably my second favourite colour, if that helps. You know the Irish Republic flag? Yeah, the, the original. Like, yeah, yeah, that green is my favourite shade of green. St. Patrick. Shock. St. Patrick blue is my favourite shade of blue. Saint which Patrick. Is, is actually, that the Garda colour? The um, uniform? No. It's the official colour of Ireland, not green. St. Patrick's blue is the official colour of Ireland. Really? Yeah, there you go. That's, people tend to just think green, but no, St. Patrick's blue is the official colour of Ireland. And a random bit of... Is that like the Aer Lingus uniform? No, that's green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> random bit of trivia for you. Um, not so much now, because with modern sort of uh, kit-making technology... Things have changed slightly in terms of colour and design and all that. But for many a year, Leinster Rugby were the only known club in the Northern Hemisphere who played in the official colour of their country rather than the international team. Why? Just because Leinster wore St. Patrick's Blue, which happened to be the official colour of the country, and Ireland wore green. Are they, are they still wearing St. Patrick's Blue? Is that St. Patrick's Blue what they're wearing? No? Yeah, there's shades of it because they go blue, navy, white, yellow. It's not as pronounced as it was back in the day where the jerseys were monotonal. 
you know. But That's real pub quiz stuff, isn't it? That's what I'm good at, man. That's what I'm good <laughs> at. Um, there's Simpsons pub quizzes, isn't there? There's Would you be good at that? No, I wouldn't be mad on the Simpsons now. Really? Like, obviously I watched them. Everybody watched the Simpsons. But I wouldn't... Like, if you done the whole thing of, like, oh, name 20 characters, I'd probably struggle. Would you? Yeah, I yeah. probably would as well. I haven't yeah. watched it continuously yeah. in years. I think after the film came out, I gave up on it. I honest. really enjoyed the film. Yeah, I thought it was meh. Yeah, I thought, no, I enjoyed it. I went to the cinema to see I think what... spider ki- Pig. Yeah, I was going to say, I think what killed it for me was the fact that kids everywhere were singing that spider Pig song. <laughs> and it just wrecked my head. Um, but nothing wrecks my head in Fitzpatrick Castle because it's an absolutely fantastic establishment with delicious food and fantastic people. I, it's really good that I don't get that mixed up and I don't say delicious people and fantastic food. <laughs> that could lead to problems. But uh, yeah, look, check them out. Pop up. Have a bit of grub. Trust me, you will not regret that. Graham. Damn. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know where you were going there. We have an amazing guest this week. But before we get to that, it's time for something I like to call housekeeping. Housekeeping. That is the best one you've ever done. I, I, that was just spur of the moment. That man. is a fantastic one. That <laughs> was spur of the moment. I love I'm very that. creative sometimes like that. I think I'm going to make that my ringtone. <laughs> Graham, I have had an eventful week. You have. I have had... Well, um, I'll just jump straight to it. I thought I was going to be saying goodbye to my walrus-shaped Labrador. It's Cleo. Cleo, the wonderful Cleo. You text me on Saturday morning. Was it Saturday? Friday, Friday morning? It's Friday gone, yeah. And you were panicking. What was the story with your beautiful, well-rust-shaped <laughs> Labrador? Well-rust-shaped Labrador. So essentially what happened was we went, got up about halfway Friday, went downstairs, and she was in distress. She couldn't move. Did, you, did she wake you up, or what are you, why are you getting up at halfway in the morning? No, I'm just a natural early riser. Half five in the morning. Is mm. that from being working the fruit and veg? Probably that, that hour. Probably years. Half of five habit. in the morning. Yeah. Jesus. Like I'd, I'd normally get up probably around quarter past six now. So half five isn't too much of a difference to me, you know. Right. So you got up at half five. You went um, down to Cleo the kitchen. Yeah. Now my dad already got up as well. Now at this point, um, he woke me ma up then as well. Um, the poor old thing was in, like obviously in a bit of discomfort. But see, Cleo's diabetic, so sometimes. She will go hypo, so her blood sugars will go completely. And what you do basically is you get a thing of honey, you'll squeeze a load of that in her gob. She swallows the honey, licks it all off her face, and in a minute or two, she comes around, she's yeah. out of her because she's got a load of sugar into her, and she's happy out. And then she starts begging off you for more honey because she has a taste for it, you know. So we came down initially, we had talked because all the symptoms were the same, like that it looked like she was in hypo. So, start lashing the honey into her, but there was no fuss about her, no nothing. She was just laying there, kind of, you know. You panicking? I, I, I was fearing the worst. Generally, I was fearing the worst. How old's Cleo? She's nearly 11. Okay. Um, is it, but that's by seven, is that? 77 in dog 77 years. 77 in dog years. Yeah. Um, she's doing well. She, look, this dog has beat cancer twice. She's had kidney problems. She's had growths removed. She's had like she's had so many things wrong with her. Like the fact that she's still going is a medical marvel. Like, um, but yeah, we were fearing the worst. Um, she couldn't stand up. She couldn't move of her own accord. Like so, essentially, myself, me dad had to hoose her onto a blanket and carry the blanket out of the car and get her down to the vets asap. Like, and is the vets twenty four seven? Um, it's not. No, um, UCD vets is the emergency vets. So were your brother? No, at this stage we were about half six, and Ark Vet Care in Dunleary, brilliant people. 
lads, if any of you are getting a pet, or if any of you have a pet and you are looking for a vet, I cannot recommend the people in Arc Vet enough. They love what they do. They're brilliant, brilliant, brilliant practitioners of everything that they do. And I, Paul in particular down there, I would trust that man on my own life, never mind me, me dogs. <laughs> Um. So yeah. So anyway. So we we got her down to Arkvet Care in Dunleary. One of the girls was in nice and early. She had a quick look at her, and she kind of reassured us, "This isn't too bad." She's just just you know, do you want to wait for Paul or do you want me to have a look? And we we're like, look, Paul deals her. Cleo can be narky. She doesn't like strangers. Mm. I mean, so she's used to Paul. She likes uh, me though. She does. She loves you. Um. So Paul came in, had a look at her, and. We we were kind of thinking it could be stroke because her back legs weren't. She wasn't able to move her back legs, so uh, we were thinking, shit, if it's a stroke, like it's, you know, it's after a big kennel in the sky, you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to have a conversation with Paul while trying not to cry like a grown man. You know what I mean? <laughs> what um, were you like? Just trying to. Were you holding the tears in? Yeah. Were you like trying to? Well, well, yeah. Was, what's was, the story with the dog, Paul? Very very short sentences. Uh, Long pauses when he would say something that required an answer, I'd have to compose myself, you know what I mean? Hand um, on the head stuff? Not in front of him, no. no. And my ma was with me as well, and obviously she'd be getting upset too, like, because, you know, the dog's an integral part of the family, like. Yeah. So, uh. Man's best friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the two of us were, you know, and, um, he was like, look, we need to do tests, we need to see what this is, but. I don't want to say one way or another until the tests come back. Like, you know, I'm fearing the worst, you know what I mean? Like, genuinely, I am like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? But thankfully, he was the bearer of good news. Mm. Now, I don't know the medical term for it, but essentially what he compared it to was like if a human had really, really, really bad vertigo. So essentially, the reason it looked like she was in spasm was because she was getting dizzy. So everything was spinning to her. So her eyes were flickering, trying to find a fixed point. Right. So that she could balance, but she couldn't. So her eyes were constant. So that's why it looked like a spasm. And all the other symptoms are because she can't get her balance. She goes into panic mode because she doesn't know what's up, what's down, what's sideways, all that kind of stuff. Like, So uh, thankfully, she just had to stay in Doggy Hospital for a couple of days. But we got her home and uh, she's grand now. She's thankfully do you have pet insurance or how does it work? Yeah, I have pet insurance. Yeah. So um, you have to claim it. They don't. The, like the, the the vet doesn't just bill the insurance, so mm. you pay for it. Um, I think like like everything else is an excess, and then beyond the excess, they'll pay. So I think for the, let's say for the sake of argument, it's a hundred quid excess, and then everything else they'll pay. Like, mm. so yeah, obviously we've contacted the insurance and all that. Like, but um, thankfully, yeah, Cleo was. She's made a full recovery. Well, she I wouldn't say full recovery. She's still a little. She's not bit, falling over, and is she? No, no, she's still a little bit out of sorts. She's you know, still human form of vertigo. You see people kind of falling over and holding yeah, on to the stairs. Yeah, and all. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she compared to what she was that morning, like, got a terrible fright. I won't lie, like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now she she seems to me she's you know she's following around the house and she's barking at cats and all that again so I love dogs man man ah listen do you, do you follow animal lovers on uh, oh, Facebook yeah. it's yeah. deadly isn't it stop man do like anything to do with a dog I'm just like I'm watching that oh I love dogs love it absolutely like, love it 
you know the way the, you know your man the politician I can't remember the situation but he basically got uh, in his local kind of council area in his in his parklands yeah. he got like oh these dogs are banned from these parks and yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse Walsh has one of the dogs oh that, that uh, Shibu uh, she, she, one of those exotic in, Japanese in dogs Shibu, isn't it yeah. but like the dogs is, Jesse's dogs as friendly as you can get mm. I'm fair I'm a I'm a firm believer of um, that dogs... Like, if you raise a dog to be good, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And if it, there's no such thing as a vicious breed of dog, is my point. I don't think. No, I, I, I do think there are dogs that have issues, but I don't think there's any dog that by nature is. I do think there is a lot to do. Now, that being said, and Cleo's a perfect example of it, she's a Labrador, mm. and... Um, most common, probably most common. Trans out is a bit of an inbreed and horloyan because, as I said, most common. And you know, like you, you can take steps, you can try to go through registered kennel club and all that sort of stuff. But you know, um, Cleo does have a little bit of an anarchy spot on her, like, yeah, you know, but she's not vicious, she's a dog, just, man. you know. Yeah, love dogs. I'd love a dog. My mum and dad never, still living at home, so I'd never have a dog. My dad's always promised Jeez. me, when you're 16, we get you a dog. 16, dad, what the, where's the dog? Yeah, when you're 22, you'll get a dog. 22, dad, what's the story of dog? Yeah, when you're 30, you'll get a dog. Didn't get a yeah. dog. So, um, from your first love, yeah, Cleo, to your second love, Oksana. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happened? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. I pop, yeah. I popped the question. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Only joking. No, that's that's the reaction her dad gave me. <laughs> what did Olger say? What's the Oleg? Oleg. What did Oleg yeah, say? He's like, uh, it's not too late. You can still get out of this. <laughs> the mad uh, Russian you know. pig. Um, no, look, it was he was very supportive. Very loyal. I asked for permission and all that, you know. So did you? What was that conversation like? Uh, Is it one on one? Like. Uh, yeah, her mom was there as well at the time, but um, it was over a few whiskeys and that. So, uh, so he was, probably didn't believe it, did he? No, he he did, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's a bit of a blur. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, don't don't the deed, as they say. You went um, you went walking at the, with ducks. Yeah, I um, there's a, like a park down there where Oksana lives, and uh, there's like a kind of lake pond type thing there. And I was like, "Oh, come on, we go, we go for a walk in the park and we'll feed ducks and all that," you know. Under the auspices of like, I've got a ring on me here, and I'm gonna be popping the question. Um, and from the time you bought the ring to the time you proposed, yeah. was there anxiety levels? Were your anxiety levels at an all-time high because you were thought you were gonna lose the ring? No, because I hit it very well. <laughs> did you yeah hit it in my room very well um, to the point where she was staying in my room she had no idea where it was in the room or anything like that Deadly. So, but yeah yeah it went on went she got a little bit embarrassed then and you know the whole sort of where you meant to get down on one knee and I was just like get up you tick don't be getting I can imagine people. get up Daniel you tick get up you tick there's people around you tick what are you doing you tick oh my god you're a tick what are you doing so um, yeah but she said yes so that's the main thing um, but Oksana Murray doesn't really go does it no. She'll have to change her name to Patricia or something. Yeah. <laughs> Patricia Morty sounds much better yeah. than Oksana Morty. Yeah. Are you going to take a horse or now? Uh, I Danny would, Martinova? No, I see. I would become Martinov. Martinov. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a crazy thing in Russia where they add an A to the female. Yeah, like masculine or feminine and all that. Um, no, I I won't be. It's up, <laughs> it's up to her rather she takes the, uh, the the fabulous name of Murray. I don't know if she will or not. But, are we um, going to Russia for the the nuptials? Or are we going to Vegas for we're the going, nuptials? We're going to Vegas for the nuptials. That's, right. um, that's a genuine plan, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's proper. Like we're we're actually examining it. We're like no, realistically, like will we just go yeah. to Vegas and feck it, like. So we don't know yet. Like I, I don't know. Like we, we had a quick look at numbers and all that sort of thing. And she oh, was, really, has they got to that already? Because on oh, the Sunday morning, I had a head on me from a hangover. We went out for celebratory drinks slash food on the Saturday night, like the two families. Um, and I had copious points again. And then I had a couple of uh, Captain Morgans and orange, and a bit ahead of me on Sunday. Dutch oven city on Sunday. Oh, morning. oh good lord! I tell you. The Black Beauty came visiting, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me eyes are stinging thinking about it. So, um, yeah, yeah, just I don't know. I get a little bit awkward talking about it. Like people have been asking me ever since, like, "Oh, what did you do? And how did it go?" And oh well, I, when you when I when you tell me, I was like, "What? Are you missed? Yeah. I didn't see you coming at all." Yeah, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people uh, didn't think I would be going down that road. Um, no, I, d- I I did think, of course, I thought yeah. you were going to go down that road. Just not. Now, yeah, I thought you would have asked me before you'd ask her. Like, well, <laughs> I, I look at it two ways. Um, I look at it in the sense that it's always good to be married to a female, um, so that you get fed. Um, but it'll never ever compare to the bromance. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kyo's is unbelievable, Kyo. Like, she makes stuff that I'm like, here, next time you make that, make double the amount. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But. <laughs> The bromance is the bromance, man. You know what I mean? It is. So, yeah, so Sunday then, um, I had a hangover and we spent the day doing numbers, um, guest numbers, and then balancing, like, how many do you want in your groom's party? Because I have to have bridesmaids and you have to balance and then all this sort of crack. And I'm like, I just, can you not just organise <laughs> Just get guard to get frank. Yeah. I actually, I'll have to put a shout in to uh, last week's guest, Gary Mackle, and ask him to put me in touch with Frank. I don't like to call Gary a guest. I think he was a special host. I don't yeah, want to actually. give him that ego as well, a guest. No, well, I actually thought a special host would be more fitting than, like, I thought it'd be a step up rather than a guest. No? Yeah, it is a step up, actually. Okay. Yeah. So that's a reverse psychology on Gar's me to Gar. <laughs> Make him feel a bit more important. Um, um, but yeah. So. But yeah, he'll be a special host and we'll get him back again. One day. Sporadically. Sporadically, yeah. I think when we yeah. want. He's our property now. Oh, is that how it's working? That's how it's working. Beautiful. I just said it. I just made that up right there. Um. Yeah, so I don't look. That's pretty much all my news now. I've I've put a ring on it. My dog's alright. I'm happy out. I'm just she can't sing. Uh, Beyonce single ladies anymore. That yeah, that's I hate that song. Socials as well. That's a great song. You no, don't. I really don't like that song. Queen B. I I don't like Beyonce. Right, we'll end it at that. Who's the guest? I'm not talking <laughs> to you about this. <laughs> right, I'll tell you what. Look at the wedding. I will have one Beyonce song played so that you can have a little dance. I, I wouldn't know what one to pick. There's so many classics. Well, you can have a good thing Halo about is it. sensational. Actually, Halo is a beautiful song. You be a Halo, Halo. Oh, who's the guest, Dan? Our guest this week, Graham, is the wonderful and amazing and incredible Dr. Cara Augustenborg. She's a climate scientist, lecturer in UCD. Her blog, The Verdant Yank, is brilliant. It's up for an award with the Littlewoods Blog Awards Award in 2016. Her website, uh, com. You can check out everything on there from the brilliant TED Talk she done on a fossil-free Ireland. TED Talks are excellent, aren't TED they? TED Talks are sensational. 
yeah, so she she done on fossil free Ireland. You can check out articles that she finds that she thinks are good regarding climate change. Um, she does an FAQ Friday thing where people send in questions and she answers them as part of her blog and that kind of stuff. And yeah, look, th- this woman has a wealth of knowledge on the area of climate science and is able to take not just you and I to school, but a lot of people to school. As she proved when she appeared on Vincent Brown show on TV3 last Tuesday on Monday the 29th or Monday of sorry. August which you could probably check out on the TV3 player should you be interested in that we had a little talk with her about that as well it kind of came up in the course of the conversations we had with her but um, look she's C. Augustenburg on Twitter she's on Facebook as well um, if you go back through her Facebook page facebook.com forward slash WTS pod Ireland you'll find her as well but it's just if you search Carla Augustenburg it's a pretty unique name I would say <laughs> you'll find her but she's an absolute genius so sit back relax and enjoy me and Graham trying to learn about science <laughs> yeah Dr. Cara Augustenborg how are you firstly great you pronounce that beautifully that's I've a... been working on it oh <laughs> it's a mouthful I know remember before we started recording I said I wrote down big words oh uh, <laughs> that was one, that of, was one, one of those <laughs> <laughs> um, he was pacing himself around the room <laughs> Sound it out, sound it out. Yeah, it's like, just like it looks, really, <laughs> if you break it down. <laughs> um, right, so we'll start with an easy question. I live about a kilometre from the sea. When do I need to move? <laughs> do I need to move? Um, well, H- house prices are good. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really, I just saw in Florida, they've said that one in eight homes are going to be underwater by the by mid-century or some crazy thing, on, yeah. On, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've seen on your yeah. website as well that people in Alaska have had to basically abandon. Yeah, they've had 13 villages decide they have to move. Now, they, they can't move because it costs so much money, but they all want to move and they're trying to come up with the money to move. So that's Shit. happening, yeah. Um, well, it really depends on how high you are more than how far you are from the sea. So there's Oh, I haven't measured that bit yet. Are no. you, are, is there a bit of an elevation? I don't know. I'm in, I'm in Ballybrack. You're in a valley, okay. aren't you? But I think, yeah, because like... The way I judge it is, I go down onto Cloyney Beach at Bayview, where there's no cliff. Yeah. So it would just kind of, I presume, wash up over. It would take Bayview out of it first. I'd get a warning mm-hmm. sign. So people at Bayview, <laughs> sorry, not <Sponsored>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a great um, website, actually, you can go to. I think it's on climatecentral.org, and you can type in anywhere in the world, actually, and look at what which ones will be affected by sea level rise, depending on if we do something on climate change or we don't. Oh. So, like, you can see that even if we do something about climate change now, parts of Dublin are going to be lost, like, yeah. up to about Trinity, and you know, will be underwater. Up to Trinity? Yeah, up to Trinity? Yeah, they're saying 2% of Dublin will be lost. Like, that's already locked in. What a book of w- yeah. When? Shacked. Well, definitely by the end of the century. So 2100 is, is the, I'll is be the here kind of pressure. But it could be faster because everything obviously is happening a lot faster. Is than that why you're lecturing in UCD? Because you are like, oh, yeah, yeah. I did. I did notice that. I, I did that in a, t- in a talk at UCD one day. I said, we're fine. Even even if we do nothing about climate change, UCD won't be underwater. But yeah, yeah par- parts of Dublin, yeah. What, what made you get involved in, in the study of climate change? Well, um, I was really involved in water when I, when I was in university I thought water was going to be the big issue um, that we'd run out of fresh water and then I went and saw Al Gore's movie you know An Inconvenient, Inconvenient Truth, Truth which yeah. is about yes. 2007 and uh, I mean I suppose I knew of climate change before I saw the movie but then when I saw the movie I went oh gosh like if this is the biggest problem actually I mean water is a problem but if we don't solve climate 
the water problem is going to be even worse. Yeah. It just it hits everything. It hits every other environmental problem you can think of. And uh, so I wanted to get involved, but I didn't really know how. And then I got this opportunity to go to the Arctic in 2008 with something called Ben and Jerry's Climate Change College. Okay. And uh, any ice cream involved? Uh, there was lots of ice cream involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, in order to go, I had to invent a new flavor of ice cream. <laughs> no, you did. Yeah, and pitch it to Ben and Jerry's. That oh, was part amazing. of the thing. Yeah. What was your flavor? I thought yeah. Was oh, it was, it was something like it was it wasn't baked Alaska. Or it was something like that. Um, you know, some climate theme thing. But we had, there was like a lab and you could mix your flavors and you actually got to taste your own ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was fun. You're describing yeah. my dream right now. <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of ice cream that year, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, they were great, actually. Ben and Jerry's is really cool. Oh, um, Sorry, oh. I, I clicked on your live thing oh. there. <laughs> technology yeah we're watching ourselves really um yeah so they ben and jerry's a cool company like they do a lot of really good social work and stuff so they were really into climate change at the time and and so they funded you know a number of people to go to the arctic and learn more about it and provide a lot of training for how to communicate it and that kind of thing so um so when you were in the arctic what kind of did you learn or what did you see that made you go okay this is where i need to start yeah. Directing things. Um, there were things that I, I kind of expected to hear about before I went, like polar bears and, and melting sea ice. And Did you get to see a polar bear? No, no. Oh, thank God, man. actually. We were told if we saw one, it was going to get shot. So I, really? I yeah, yeah. Because yeah, oh, they would have been. Yeah, mm. so we had polar bear guards with us the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so there were things I kind of knew about in terms of the environmental impacts, like the, the calving glaciers and that, that mm. I expected to see but i suppose the thing that surprised me the most was that there were these eskimo or anupiates living there and they were already in 2008 they were saying we can't continue living here like we're really dependent on the sea ice for hunting and the sea ice is getting thin and it's getting really dangerous to hunt and our whole traditional way of life is disappearing and that was eight years ago and now it's even worse, you know. Yeah. So I guess, and and the really interesting thing for me is this was Arctic Alaska. So these were technically American citizens. So I always thought of climate change as kind of affecting the developing world first. And I was really surprised that here was this group of American citizens yeah. that were that were already kind of saying our culture will cease to exist if we don't do something about this. So, so if it's affecting so much, as you said, American citizens in Alaska. They're feeling it already, but we're not really hearing about it all that often in terms of, like, you'll hear global warming slash climate change. I don't know if they're interchangeable or... They, you, a lot of people use them interchangeably, but what we tend to say is that the Earth is warming as a result yeah. of increasing greenhouse gas emissions, so that's the global warming part. And as a result of that global warming, our climate is changing. So we're getting a lot of disruptions in our weather patterns over time. So the greenhouse gases, that's like CO2 and all that. Very good. Yeah, yeah. CO2, methane, nitrous oxide. Yeah. So I don't want anybody would do when they wanted to do research. And I looked at Aaron Sorkin stuff to try and learn about this. (laughs) And uh, the newsroom, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast, had a section about global warming and climate change. And they had a bit in it where they basically said, like, that it's at 400 parts per million, which basically means, like, lads, we can't breathe underwater. So, like, they were saying that it's 
effectively already at a point where it's almost impossible to go back. Yeah. Is it that bad or is that? Yeah, it's pretty bad. So even if we stopped burning fossil fuel today, if we shut off all the taps, like we've locked in a, a warming of about what they say 1.6 degrees above pre-industrial temperatures. So we, we're at 1 to 1.3 degrees right now. Right. And the places like the Maldives and low-lying areas would, would, would struggle to, to exist above 1.5 degrees. So we're, okay. um, and generally the, the science says that anything above 2 degrees of warming would would make it our quality of life you know very difficult and food shortages and things so we're approaching that that two degree point pretty quickly like we'll probably hit 1.5 degrees in the next decade or you know wow. so it's, it's happening quickly and and we've kind of locked in a lot of stuff already so so we will see yeah. a changed climate as a result of our actions and the question now is how much of a changed climate because if we do nothing we're looking at kind of a five degree warming up to five degrees oh, um so yeah and that's like you know i don't know if you've but, seen the road <laughs> but <laughs> that's kind of those levels yeah. you know so so it could get quite bad if we do nothing so all these kind of storms and this constant flooding that we're seeing in low-lying places in america is yeah. that in direct connection or is it as some people who probably wouldn't say climate change is really happening or natural variation or yeah, something exactly. yeah, yeah. It, like we go in cycles and all that yeah kind of yeah well the cl- i mean the climate changes over time it always you know it's always yeah. been changing and, it, and then that can be for a lot of reasons like in the in the long-term past maybe volcanic eruptions or massive fires or you know a meteor or something would would yeah. change the climate um so but we know now that that the fact that the climate is changing now, you know, and changing rapidly and warming rapidly, that's as a direct result of our emissions since the Industrial Revolution. So that's clear. Um, you know, we might expect, for example, if, if you said it was because of solar flares or something, we'd expect the Earth to be cooling because solar activity is actually decreasing right now and instead we're getting a warming as a result of human activity so um so these kind of floods and everything it's hard like you can never this is the problem that climate scientists have is if you have one big storm you know climate is about statistics so it's about long-term trends and therefore you can never attribute one particular event to climate change because because statistics is about multiple events um but you you can say well this is what we would expect over time this is in line with what the projections are saying so like we will expect more flooding as a result of climate change when um when did science start recording all the research for climate change when when was it like what decade or what year was it when they said right we have an issue here um, when they started talking about climate change, yeah, when it started becoming, yeah, when 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 it started becoming an issue, uh, yeah, the exact dates, um, not exact dates, <laughs> but like it seems, July it seems, 40. yeah, no, yeah. it seems the, quite new. Yeah, it's not the Earth Summit, which would be the uh, probably the biggest moment where you got scientists saying we need to do something about this was the late 70s or early 80s i think was when they started raising it as a a massive issue and they formed this kind of intergovernmental panel on climate change which was all the scientists coming together to try and get consensus yeah so it was around that time that they now we've known we've known about the physics of climate change you know well way way yeah like what what triggered it in say the late 70s or that earth summit what triggered um there were observations 
regions, like in places like Hawaii and stuff, where we were seeing the carbon dioxide increasing in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So they were observing this change in the atmosphere. Um, and in the initial stages, there was a lot of questions about was this man-made or was this natural? So the initial groups of scientists that were coming together were were trying to decide what the likelihood of, of it being natural versus man-made. And what you see, and they, they write reports every few years, and they're on their fifth report now. And and every report, it becomes more and more clear that it's, you know, the contribution of our activities, yeah. not natural variability. So, well, would global cool? I'll try that again. Would global <laughs> cooling be worse than warming, in the sense that the opposite? You're doing the opposite. Yeah, of like if we were to go back into like a big old ice age type thing. Yeah, that would be bad too. That, yeah, no, but like. <laughs> I don't even know what question I'm trying yeah, to ask you. Like, which is worse. <laughs> yeah, like, because, I don't know, it seems as though kind of in a warming period, kind of population rises, and I'm not saying population uh, isn't yeah. a problem. Like, yeah. obviously it is. But, like, in a warming period, kind of, you know, we tend to get certain level of things getting better. Yeah. But in a cooling period, surely everybody just be, like, goosed. I, mean? I don't know. They tend to have more babies in the winter because it's colder, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, so you might have more population <laughs> issues, you know. Just snuggle up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we as humans are kind of designed to exist in this narrow temperature envelope. So you yeah. know, food production and crops they're fairly delicate you know they can't handle major disruptions they know how to grow in certain conditions and so even if it gets too cold they die if it gets too hot they die you know so yeah. either way i mean it, it's not good i mean i think i think for me anyway like in ireland one of the big things i worry about is is food shortages <laughs> i like food but you know but we import a lot of food into yeah. this country and i think well you know if if Europe is having a drought or something, how is that going to impact our food supplies? You know? So is one of the biggest obstacles with climate change sustainability, not just for energy or anything like that, but food and just everything. Sustainability is one of the biggest things. Yeah, I mean, sustainability is about about future generations you know yeah. it's about maintaining the the kind of quality of life that we have and uh, for future generations and climate change is in some ways it's about future generations it's about the justice issue of how what are we leaving for future generations so yeah they're very tied so what can like the likes of myself and graham do just the average joe so yeah yeah like what yeah. like is it just as simple as that was my question great minds think alike <laughs> is it, yeah and then i just realized like you said it to me earlier so I'm Robin we, question. We, we were talking earlier about it and we were kind of saying, you know, the green bin and the black bin and the brown bin and the yeah. grey bin. Yeah. Like, is, is, are people really making a difference by doing that? Um, they're ma yeah, they're making a difference. Part, yeah, certainly. Yeah. We, I mean, we need to do that. We need to get more efficient with our, our wastes and everything. But when it comes to climate change, so there, I like to say that actually the solutions the solution to climate change is pretty simple. Like you can boil it down to essentially one sentence. And that is that we need to keep 80% of our known fossil fuel reserves in the ground. So 80% of the oil that we know we have, we can't burn. We just have to keep it there. And that means like there's no point in looking for any more oil or gas because we can't burn that either. And if we do that, then we stay below the two degree threshold, which we consider dangerous. Um, so that's sim quite simply what we need to do. We need to yeah. like remove our dependency 
on fossil fuels. So what's because oil is a pretty essential and amazing thing in terms of what it can do. <laughs> yeah. So what's yeah. the alternative then, like? Yeah, well, Stuggle so up. <laughs> <laughs> light a candle, shower with a friend. And I love Yankee candles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love Yankee candles. I think there's probably a lot of fossil fuel in those too. Oh, no, 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 I don't, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a problem because like this is made of fossil fuel, yeah, you know. This is, this yeah, is. yeah. There's like we use fossil fuel for a lot. So, you know, you break it down really into energy. Primarily, we use a lot of fossil fuel for energy. So we have to find new energy sources. And that's where yeah. all this emphasis on wind and solar and biomass comes in um, and then of course our cars are really dependent on fossil fuels so we have to find an alternative fuel and that's where electric cars come in and cycling and electrification of our public transport that's all part of that so what we're doing is what they call decarbonizing so yeah. we're getting off of carbon as our fuel source so if we did those two things if we decarbonize our energy and transport systems in the next three decades we'd really be on our way to cracking this so if everyone went out and bought like a tesla power wall <laughs> and a little renault twizzy we'd be laughing yeah, 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 yeah. No, that would be that would be good. Yeah, if ever, but but I mean, we're not all going to be able to do that, right? Like, I I live in a 1950s semi D that's leaking, you know, heat yeah. left, right, and center, and dependent on gas and everything. So, what I like to say for people like you and me is that we these are big changes, and they require government intervention and government. I was just going to say that about the electric cars. Yeah, like you need you, you need, need incentives. You need a cent- incentives. For, the government need to come up with incentives for people to start buying the electric cars. Yeah. You do see a, you do see a lot more um, electric points, charging, charging. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our infrastructure's gotten a lot better, um, but the incentivization or incentive, yeah, incentivizing of of purchasing them still isn't great. Yeah. Do um, the politicians need to give incentives to the car manufacturers to say, look? we need X amount of electric cars on the mm. road by this date. Yeah, every car manufacturer in the world now is working on electric. So, so you know, I think mm. the car manufacturers see this change and it's about, right now you have to buy a new electric car. So that's not really viable for a lot of us to buy new and the resale value on them isn't great, you know. So so we have to find ways of, of dealing with that. But it's not just about electric cars. I mean, we we should be like some of these countries in Denmark with like 45% of the population is cycling on a daily basis and you know, we're 45% less than 10. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Hippies crime. <laughs> Healthy hippies. Healthy hippies. Yeah, fit hippies. Though, it's it? huge. Yeah. And so I mean, if we had safe cycling, you know, where we weren't worried about getting knocked down by cars, a lot of us would be doing that because we get our workout in. You need to reduce road yeah. rage as well. Yeah. Yeah. With the cyclists. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. For, for it to work. Yeah, yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with cyclists. Really? Like, Most people do, right? Yeah, I'm kind of like, if you're in a cycle lane, fine, but if there's a cycle lane there and you're out on the road, That that's, it's annoying. <laughs> it's like that irritating. Yeah, like, but I mean, oh. that shouldn't even have to be an issue. You know, there should be yeah, designated right, be. separate yeah. cycle paths. And like uh, in Holland, they have a policy of they don't build a cycle path that you wouldn't put your kid on. And you know, and Makes that's sense. great. So mm-hmm. it really has to be separate from the road and everything. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna let your kids cycle on it, so that's what we should be doing. Because I'm terrified of cycling in Dublin. Did you see that video actually recently of the cyclist like pretty much wedged between two buses? <laughs> it was like out in town. No. Yeah, in the city centre. Oh, did he have a, then, a camera on his hand? Yeah, like a GoPro. Yeah, did say, thing Yeah, yeah. He's just cycling along. There's a bus, but then another bus comes up along, and there's nowhere for him to go. Like it's frightening, really. You know. 
and then I'm kind of that part of me that dislikes, so like it's kind of like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. So in terms yeah. of our safety and stuff, yeah, maybe that's the reason some people don't cycle. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I don't. I mean, I used to cycle yeah. in Los Angeles, which you'd think I like, guess more cars than people there, you know, and I felt safer there than I than I do here. Yeah, really. Cute. Yeah, I well, tend not to cycle because of uphill. If everywhere was downhill, I'd cycle all day. You just roll like me. I just like tie a rope to the back of your chair and yeah. follow you. <laughs> Go and do my bit for the Excuse. environment by wheeling around yeah. everywhere. Man, stop! Look at all the look at all the materials in that made of fossil fuel. You, you Would you stop? stop? You Would stop. You? <laughs> um, do people need to consider? I watched the doc- documentary Cowspiracy. Yeah, great one. Huh? It's great, but it scared me a bit in a, in a way. There was a lot of stuff I didn't know about, you know, the cows number twos. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know the extent of damage that causes the I earth. Know, yeah. So would it be viable to ask people to change their diet habits as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're a lot of us are trying, particularly in Ireland, because our, our greenhouse gas emissions, like over 30% of them come from agriculture, from... <laughs> Pretty much from cows, cows right? Yeah, it's, and it's she, an astonishing documentary, really. Is. Yeah, yeah. So should I eat more steak or less steak? <laughs> less. The idea would be less, less meat. Less, yeah, less. yeah. But should I eat more and killing more, and therefore there's less of the no? no. Yeah, but, the, but then, then they walk, then they breathe. No, that's a good. Yeah, initially <laughs> eat a ton, wipe them out, lots of veal. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, no. Generally, like we should be just cutting down the demand for meat. You know, we yeah. should be eating less, particularly in the Western world. Like in developing countries, you might say that they need to eat more for nutrition. You know, but yeah. um, but we eat too much anyway. Like there's lots of evidence to show that meat is bad for us in terms of potential car- like cancer causing agents and that kind of thing so we should be cutting down at least if not trying to give up so like what i'm i know i know i look i love i love my protein um but what i'm trying to do right now is become what they call a demetarian (laughs) so demetarian yeah so so instead of like cooking the whole pile of mince when i'm making my lasagna i might just do half and then supplement with vegetables you know so you use a lot less control yeah, but the then, meat. yeah, less meat and then more veg. So you still get the meat, you still get the flavor, but you're not using as much. But you doing that, how is that helping? Well, then you're just using less, which means less cows. They don't need to, you know, grow or raise as well, many we cows. we need everybody to do that. Mass produce. Yes, yes. Yeah. A lot, yeah, and so this is the problem. Diet is a big personal change, and it's very hard for people to, to change their personal behavior. Whereas things like decarbonizing our energy system, like it doesn't matter to you whether that light is powered by wind or powered by fossil fuel. You won't know the difference, you know? Yeah. So those kind of changes are, are, are sort of easier to make happen in that sense and that they don't require this personal behavioral change is that part of the problem though that we don't know if that's because they're born in peat or it's because there's some windmills going mental or because the solar panels down the road have been absorbing all day do we need Mm -hmm. to educate people better in terms of where their energy is coming from yeah like i know there's these like demand side management tests and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff going on and there's people doing all that like 
do we need to kind of educate people and say like look stick a solar panel on your roof yeah i mean i i think education is kind of a first step you know we need to be going into the schools and and we do need yeah and if with smart metering and stuff if you become more aware of your usage that's part of it and i and like all like everything would help you know if we did any of these things it would start to contribute um, uh, the problem is that we're pretty much doing nothing, you know. So, but you know, a lot of people say if everyone became vegetarian, we might crack the problem not altogether. But I'm not the owner. yeah, but <laughs> yeah. like nobody's going to do that, you know. Yeah. So we have to kind of we have to kind of chip away at every system and yeah. try and to try and improve like, things. In terms of, and I maybe we're jumping back a bit because I know we jumped around a little bit there. Yeah. But in terms of kind of the history of it and the whole the world goes in cycles because one of the things that the deniers say would be the earth warms up the earth cools down it goes in a cycle it's natural yeah yeah and then the argument becomes if it's man-made or not man-made yeah like has there ever been a period of warm and disintense or is this going completely into the unknown uh yeah no we have had periods but before humans were roaming the earth where we've seen carbon dioxide levels this high you know and um yeah, so that's happened, and, and that could have been as a result of, like, volcanic explosions or whatever. So, And we kind of know, so we know from certain eras, like, for example, the last time we saw uh, a situation where the Earth's temperature was six degrees higher than it is today, yeah. 95% of the world's species were extinct, you know? Oh, shit. So well. we know that a five to six degree world, that's how we know, you know, we would end up with major yeah. problems in that <laughs> you know so yeah so that's happened in the past but it's related to carbon dioxide concentrations and now we know that that we're taking all that carbon that was in the ground and we're putting it in the air you know so the, the carbon that's in the ground then mm-hmm. this might be a stupid question there's no such thing as stupid questions just stupid people how does it get there the carbon. Yeah, so, because like, I mean, like, it's in there, what, like thousands yeah, of years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So carbon is just an organic matter, right? Like right, okay. full of carbon and leaves and trees and everything, right? And so the, the carbon in the ground is there for a really, really long time and eventually yeah. becomes fossil fuel, you know? Okay. Um, and so then we pump it up and we burn it and put it in the air. So when you hear people who are far more intelligent than I am talking about kind of when there was this... Oh, you say so. You're talking. I don't know what, like ten thousand years ago, maybe, where mm-hmm. like the north, North America, or whatever, would have been just huge glaciers all yeah. over the place. Yeah. And you get all that isostatic pressure, and that then creates all these bays and all that. And underneath that, that's where all the carbon is. And we start, say, I don't know, fracking or mining yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That's where we start releasing this shit. When all we over burn, the place. when we burn it. So when oh, we okay. burn it, it goes up into the air. Yeah, yeah. So even if you burn like a log in your fire. Place, yeah. you know that's taking the carbon that's in that tree and and releasing it into the air okay you know and the same thing with fossil fuels and everything so was it literally as simple as stop burning shit and we'll be all right stop burning shit yeah 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 and yeah yeah okay so it is yeah. actually simpler than i think it's uh, to me it's simple it's not that hard but it's ju- the problem is that we just use fossil yeah, fuels for everything you know our makeup our toiletries our you know our yeah. clothes and yeah and makeup yeah, like yeah, women's like makeup, cosmetics, and yeah. Or the yeah, stuff you have yeah. on now, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do we? Yeah. What the hell? Like you know, Vaseline and everything is petroleum jelly, and yeah, there's not, yeah. Wow. There's yeah. like there's fossil fuels in a lot of stuff, tires, everything, you know. So what is it? In and the energy to make these things all uses fossil fuels, and the energy to ship things, you know. Vaseline, so. wow. 
Yeah. What else would it be in that you wouldn't know, like in the household or? Well, pretty much anything kind of plasticky. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's so plastic's bad. Plastic's bad. Yeah. Don't you never see the yolks of the yeah, these like, are bad. The the fish getting caught in the plastic thingies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. I mean. There was um just if I can just go back to Cowspiracy, there was a moment in it where the documentary maker was approaching all these kind of um groups that were environmental friendly and stuff. What was the main one? Green Greenpeace. Uh, Greenpeace yeah, yeah. He approached Greenpeace to see their statistics about agricultural um um the environment and and the damages of cows and stuff but they always refuse to comment yeah now if they're claiming to be the number one kind of environmental protectors why are they not why are they not releasing any figures or why didn't they not want to speak to them yeah i i don't know about greenpeace and i suppose that was the one i love that movie but that was the one thing i kind of took exception to is that there was this there was this sense in the movie that you know all the non-governmental organizations or environmental charities were like conspiring, yeah. right? Um, that was the vibe he gave. That off. was the vibe. Yeah. Now, I don't think he meant it, but he was just kind of saying, "Well, we've approached X, Y, and Z." Yeah. I mean, Z it did create us. dramatic effect, Definitely. right? And Definitely. and the tension. And Otherwise, everything. I wouldn't be asking. Well, yeah, <laughs> which is which is all about you know which is typical documentary needs a bit of jeopardy kind of thing, and yeah. um, he. As far as I know, he never approached Friends of the Earth, which is the organization that I work with, which would be kind of which I would say would be the largest environmental organization in the world, certainly up there with Greenpeace. Yeah. And Friends of the Earth is very active on agriculture and climate change and the link. And particularly if he came to Ireland, where you know agriculture is our our big emitter, because that yeah. it really it's only countries like Ireland and New Zealand where agriculture is the big problem for climate change. Other countries, it's, it tends to be more energy-dominated, where energy is the big issue. There's a lot of sheep in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah sheep yeah. And, and cows, you know, cows, grassland-based yeah. agriculture. Um, and, you know, he didn't he didn't come to them, and if he had, I'm sure they would have said, well, we've done tons of stuff on yeah. trying to get people, I mean, meat-free May, and, you know. Um, so I think Greenpeace doesn't really work on agriculture. Maybe that's why they didn't talk about it, but there are groups that mm. do. Because he went in, there's a scene where he went into the reception yeah and, and they then they just him. asked him to leave yeah 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 so i'm not sure how much it would be interesting to know how much of that was was effect for yeah the, for the movie you know or or maybe or maybe greenpeace is generally conspiring i don't i don't know but i i'm not sure i see i see your point now that yeah. having having you said that and um, me and danny we love talking about documentaries on on this podcast um, Cowspiracy is one definitely to watch yeah. and in, an inconvenient truth yeah. is the other yeah. did they not have to release a lot of stuff after that came out saying oh shit actually this needs to be am I imagining that what's in that in after an, an inconvenient, inconvenient truth, truth? truth did they need to I, am I imagining I could be I could be completely making this so up so now I mean I think they've had to, you know they've done updates you Maybe know in terms of because oh, the right. data is always changing and stuff director's cool yeah <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. It was is, updates. And is there any going, other? Oh, they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> is there any other documentaries? Chase um, Noise. Chase yeah, Noise, Danny. Oh, so um, Leonardo DiCaprio has one called Eleventh Hour. Yeah, oh, wow. I've yeah. seen a trailer Very for that. And, yeah. I, yeah. and there's a new one coming out. He's a new one. Was he not involved um, in Cowspiracy as well? Did know. he finance that? I don't know. Maybe he's mad into. I think I've seen it say producer Leonardo DiCaprio on that. Maybe I don't. I could know. be wrong though. He's mad into the environment. If anybody's watching this and they can Google that real quick for us, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that like 
there's just how much in it. Like, this is something that people are talking about here. We're not going to solve it in an hour. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, what's one probably like, because you're, you're a lecturer on this. Like, so you're a yeah. scientist. Yeah. So you clearly are in a far better position than Tweedledum, Tweedledee here to like, <laughs> Bill and Ben, you Ben and Jerry. You guys are doing well. You know more than a lot of my students. <laughs> it's amazing what Google. Is I know, I know. I don't think we need universities anymore because we have Google. <laughs> yeah, as somebody who done an arts degree, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what like if you were to simplify the problem and kind of cause and effect? I know we said already, like in a very layman's term, stop burning fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. But in terms of cause and effect and in terms of what we can do, because you've done a brilliant TED talk on fossil-free Thank you, Ireland. Ireland, yeah. Check yeah. that out, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but how how would we get, like, what is the most direct route to get there? To get to being fossil-free? Yeah, and to stop this whole cause and effect. And, and how quick? Yeah, yeah. How, well, we need, we need to do it by 2050. So we have 34 years now to do it. Okay. And we bring in 100% renewable energy system, you know, over time. So we have to phase that in. So that means wind and solar and biomass. Um, so we become completely... Is hydro... Yeah, like yeah, hydro would work too. Yeah, it's, uh, hydro just requires the locations and the they are, water they have supply. one in the Shannon do they? yeah yeah and is it just that Nowater River in Ireland is N- though there's a group that's been working I think for a while to try and put one in Wicklow it's big infrastructure project and flooding and you yeah. know it's because it, like the Hoover Dam is yeah. fucking unreal yeah like, that thing yeah. is huge like. yeah, yeah like I know obviously it's huge it's a dam like, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. but like when you actually see it you're kind of like how, like it just yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, hydro is great from a renewable energy point of view, but you yeah. have to have the water supply, you know, and if you're if you're facing a changing climate and you're having drought, like in places like California, then that's going to make it hard to produce your hydroelectricity and things. So, but yeah, hydro is definitely one of them, or geothermal, like in Iceland, everything is geothermal, you know, so yeah. it's, it's heat coming from underground. Um, so whatever we can do, but in Ireland, our, our biggest renewable resource is wind. Um, and we're not, we wouldn't be bad for solar, Brian's actually. biggest renewable. Or hot air. (laughs) Thanks for sharing, guys. (laughs) The childish ones are the best ones. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So. Wind and solar basically would okay. be would be useful, you know. I mean, we should be putting solar panels on every school and every why, roof. Like and every single new build that they're they're going on about building again. Yeah. Like they did before. Why aren't they just sticking them on every single? Yeah, like, some places are now. Planning permission, like. Yeah, some places are requiring new builds. Will have <clears throat> will have solar panels on them. But somebody told me actually they don't require them to be south facing, which is crazy because if they're not south facing, yeah, they're the really point? ineffective. Um, so yeah, so that's happening. But um, we don't right now have uh, what what they call a price on solar. So if you want to sell solar electricity to the grid, yeah, um, there's no way for anyone to buy it off that's, you. That's ridiculous. That, so they that, have that in the north. Yeah. 
So why can't they just shift it 20 feet down the road? And <laughs> yeah, yeah no, the, all they need to do is set a price. The government just yeah. needs to say, yes, we will buy solar electri- electricity at this price, so we the, which is what they do for wind and everything. It's very simple. It's just a policy yeah. it's issue. It's crazy because we worked for an, an All-Ireland uh, electricity supply company. Oh, wow, okay. Don't be giving too, don't don't be giving too okay. much away. You don't know, know, but it'd be uh, about five or six years ago, but it'd be frustrating. <laughs> it'd be frustrating when you would get a customer call in from the north mm. and they wanted to export their energy mm. and we couldn't facilitate that. Yeah, yeah. So if, if we set a price, right, so right, someone's building a shopping centre or a new housing development and they put the plan permission in, mm-hmm. it would be as simple as saying, okay, you want to build 50 houses, all 50 of them have to have solar panels on them. Yeah. And then that's a start. Yeah. And then we just put something in that says, yeah, you sell your energy back to the grid yeah. and then... Yeah. Your house is making money for you. Yeah. But also it's acting as a mini power plant. Yeah. 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 I mean the ESB has said that by twenty thirty, like a third of our houses will will produce all their own That's energy. That's miles away, yeah. Twenty thirty, yeah. Yeah. No, I know, but we, you know, it's not that far away like in terms of doing yeah, something that yeah. seems so but simplistic we, but yeah we could start doing that and so places like Dunleary Rathdown County Council have said you know any house that's built in our county needs to be passive standards so, you know they have to be yeah. really well insulated in order to use less energy and stuff um, but then you have people like Alan Kelly when he was Minister for Environment trying to stop that from happening because it, do- it doesn't suit the builders, you know? He's a mad yeah. So, yeah. AK-47. So, <laughs> um, you know, so, so it's, a lot of it is political. Like, if we just create yeah. the incentives, if we just put the price on solar, create the incentives to make it possible, um, you know, the retrofit schemes and everything, it's not that hard but nobody's yeah. doing it because it's not a vote getting issue and it doesn't suit the people donating to their campaigns and you know there's lots of political reasons why this isn't happening it just seems bananas to me that just seems yeah. it seems crazy um, 10 years ago it would have been saying yeah of course not it's all hippie nonsense but now one kind of like as i'm getting older i'm like yeah. as you're getting older and the more facts come out and the more documentaries you watch and <clears> that's what i was going to say probably the more i read and being honest yeah as opposed to being ignorant <laughs> The, the the thing I was going to say there was the people that deny it, like there's yeah. been countless, countless researches, you know, scientists yourself, you put a lot of time and effort into proving this. Why, like, why are people still denying it so kind of, they're just denying Vehemently. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I, this fascinates me. <laughs> this topic of you know why people deny i think i think they deny it for a variety of reasons so the obvious one is a lot of people who deny it are funded by fossil fuel companies to deny it you know i mean the surprise surprise yeah fossil fuel companies have put huge amount of resources into trying to deny climate change and that's come out now with exxon mobil and you know that happens all the time like it happened with cigarettes and cancer yeah yeah this is like was it yeah. inflammable stuff in sofas in America years ago and all this sort of yeah. mad shit? Like yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of money, and so they're f- so they're funding a large part of this, you know. So that's that's part of it. And then I think there's there's an, a segment of the population that's not actually making money from denying it, but you know, it suits them for other reasons to den- deny it. And particularly, like you tend to see the people who deny it are like old white rich men, right? Danny Healy, right? Yeah, and the truth is, you know, those people probably won't be alive when the shit hits the fan, right? So climate 
climate change doesn't scare them. What scares them is climate action because climate action might impact their quality of life. It might impact their investments. It might, you know, yeah. so, so they're more afraid of climate action than climate change. So I think, I think then you get those people that are blocking it for those reasons. When, when you hear somebody like Danny Healy Ray coming out and saying only himself above controls the weather, the weather yeah. or you hear them saying Noah's Ark is proof yeah. of yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Do, do you like throw stuff at your TV? Do you like you know who I get? I, I don't even get annoyed with him. Like forget about you know he's kind of a lost cause. You're not going to convince him, right? What what bothers me the most is that the media cover it. You know that the, the media of time, they you know gosh if you deny climate change like if I denied climate change I would be really wealthy and I'd probably be on TV a lot. You know. But if, but it's it doesn't go the other way around, yeah. you know. So I get annoyed when like Danny Healy Ray's getting all this airtime for denying it, and then Eamon Ryan probably isn't getting the same amount of airtime for promoting. for promoting it, you know. Yeah. And so I'm more annoyed with the people that give them the platform than the actual nut jobs. Oh, I think I think the problem there is sex appeal. Eamon <laughs> Ryan doesn't quite have the Danny Healy Ray sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about there's something about like Kerry accent on a peak cap, you know. Yeah. And those dark okay, I'm not even commenting on this. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is not. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Though, in fairness, like a fair. Eamon Ryan, though, like he got into power. Yeah. And then here we of, go. No, I'm just no, I'm just know, saying I that know. you know the the sacrifices he made in order to get what he wanted for a greener kind of society mm-hmm. cost them in the end yeah but so with labor too you yeah know? absolutely I mean, they're like i think alex white was a pretty good minister for energy too and mm. you know he labor didn't get much done either Who, you know like who's it's just, huh who's the energy uh it's energy climate change and environment and it's dennis nocton who is an independent so hmm so you you have it seems that you have kind of a bit to the left that's supporting climate change, just from my observations in the media. Yeah, am I right in saying that that the majority of supporters of um, people like yourself, your work yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, and people that believe in climate change, they're kind of centered to the left, yeah. and then to the right, then is just it does it's 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 yeah. not true. Well, it's, the, I mean, I suppose the right would generally. Uh, hate taxation right that's you know yeah. they're very anti-taxation and, and they perceive climate change as being a cost you know it's all about if we take action it's going to cost us money and that's <laughs> going to mean taxation but for some reason they fail to see that the like, future like well yeah and all these you know the last two winters we've spent 150 million or more on repairing things from storms and insurance costs and you know and trying like it's it would cost five billion for us just to protect our cities from a one meter sea level rise you know so they for some reason they don't see those as costs and potential taxes but they see action as a cost you know so um i think that's why they don't like climate change and action no matter how kind of once you prove it yeah and they don't see like for example in 2014 Mm. we saved 244 million because we produced about 20 percent of our own energy rather than buying fossil fuels into the country and um they don't see that as like this great cost savings you know they Yeah. yeah so it's just it's a perception i think Sorry, guys, you sound depressed. <laughs> no, it's, it's the perception, but are, are, yeah. have you come across anyone 
kind of who we've just described and they're open to change or they're open to listen or is it just they're a bit stubborn and that's it yeah the other people in the the middle or something yeah Yeah, i think you tend to see like last night i was on vincent brown and you tend to see the kind of the two extremes right so you see all the people who are begging for climate action and then you see the person on the other side that's like staunch opposition and i would say the majority of the population are somewhere in the middle do you know what i mean Mm. like they nobody wants to be living by candlelight and freezing and having to walk everywhere you know nobody wants their quality of life impacted but when you put it to them that it doesn't have to impact your quality of life in a negative way it could in fact be a really positive change for you you know most people would be open to that you know i but what i think is happening is that because we like uh these kind of very controversial debate and ratings and everything we don't tend to portray the arguments in these moderate kind of terms you know yeah, as everything yeah. is extremes because that's good television you know and um and so we're not getting the balanced arguments and everything yeah i, w- I watched that vincent brown thing and um yeah it just seemed I, I don't know. The, 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 I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the guy who was anti-climate, but he like was picking quotes from out of nowhere and yeah. just lashing them in as if like you were wrong about that, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of like, well, what's the point now? Like everybody's yeah. wrong about something. Like the point is that it's getting to that point. Yeah. It didn't happen as quick as they originally might have yeah. said, but the evidence is there. But this guy was using this as like fact yeah. that you're talking pony. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. He just seemed very. I don't want to be slanderous. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was weird. Well, it's it's classic distraction because you know if you if you pick random quotes off blogs, like the odds are that none of us have have heard those quotes. Of course, we can't yeah. respond to them because we haven't read them, and so then it gives you the upper hand as the person who knows this quote or you know so it's really just a tactic you know and and he did a a good job in in presenting that tactic you know Mm. but it's just it's just noise it's not uh it's not a substantial argument you know or a body of evidence or yeah so he thinks he's he or she or whoever is the naysayer there they they're plucking quotes and they think oh they've got one up on you yeah but your facts are there to be seen you know yeah it's just i'd say well that's i'd say someone in your own shoes is quite frustrated by experiences like that yeah yeah i mean a lot of my colleagues would say they just won't go up against a denier now not because i mean they know their science really well but um it it's all it's very hard because they're just plucking random things out of the air and they'll say oh this report and that report may or may not even exist and you know or they've cherry-picked a bit of data out of that report or and and yeah, it's very hard to keep fighting those. Are there actual s- scientists out there that believe like they're that, that they deny climate change? Um, well, they the consensus is about ninety seven percent of scientists like that are actually publishing. You know, real legitimate scientists would accept man-made climate change. climate change, you know. So there's always going to be. But you would get that like if you looked at cigarettes and, and cancer, mm. you would get you know, probably less than 97% consensus on that. So you're always going to get some contrarians who... 97% of yeah. scientists that are studied climate change are saying, yes, it's yes. man-made. Yes. 97? Yes. But yet you still have people denying it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Feel, yeah. feel free to plead the fifth on this one, but... Okay. 
as just can you plead the fifth in Ireland? <laughs> Is there a fifth? I'm, I'm, pu- I'm putting the offer out there. We know there's there. an eighth. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting the offer out there, right? But so for that Vincent Brown, that that dude, um, I can't remember his name, John McGurk. I shouldn't even give his name. I shouldn't give him the airtime. Um, <laughs> he is just a communications... Consultant. Yes. Whatever that means. Yes. Whereas you are a doctor, scientist, you know... Like, you've had to actually go and do stuff to prove... Yeah. You've done his head knowledge. talk. <laughs> I've spent too much yeah. time in school. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, like, does it get frustrating or does it get to a point for you where you're kind of like, okay, no, I didn't spend years and years and years studying this for a bloke who picked up a newspaper and decided, fuck this, yeah. I'm going to argue. Does, like, does it yeah. get frustrating when yeah. you go, oh no, look, look, here I have all this shit, what have yeah, you got? Yeah, it's heartbreaking because to stay up, sorry, but to stay up yeah. on climate science is, you know, a constant challenge because yeah. the climate is always changing and then you get people who can just walk in and make up stuff about what some scientist said 20 years ago and misrepresent it. And that is considered a valid argument against this huge body of knowledge and evidence and everything, you know, and yeah. treated in an equal way. And I mean, bet- last night, you know, between the three people who were all advocating for climate action, yeah. I'd say there was more than 30 years experience between the three of us in climate change. And, you know, and then this person comes on with like no professional experience whatsoever in yeah. climate change. And yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's really strange but I, I guess it just makes good television and I guess the media are focused on you know they want a big brawl and they want to yeah. fight I mean I, I don't I think it's irresponsible I think, I think the media is being really are irresponsible ever tempted to play that that's I'm a doctor I know what I'm talking about card yeah because I would because I like, oh, I'd yeah. constantly be throwing that around I'd be like stop I'm a doctor and I've done this like, yeah yeah you know, like even last night watching it I was so annoyed I was yeah. like <laughs> Yeah. What's this dude doing? Yeah, like, yeah, no, I mean, you do, but, you know, you do yeah. your best, you know, <laughs> and you hope that your PhD gives you some expertise in them. But I also think, too, that, you know, they, they say that you're not worthy of a PhD until the moment that you realize that you know nothing. <laughs> Right, because you you know to really if you we really really yeah. <laughs> yeah it's that humility right if you really understand your subject matter then you know that that little thing you've been studying for yeah. four years or whatever is is only a tiny bit of a very very big picture and then and you realize all the things you don't know um, and uh, until that point you're kind of not worthy of your of your PhD so in a way I think like scientists and people with PhDs are very much like oh my expertise is only in mm. glaciology or pollination or some tiny thing and they don't really want to speak outside of their expertise they'd be nervous to overstep that yeah. but then you get people with no PhD and they're happy to call them experts on anything you know yeah. <laughs> like an expert in communications yeah yeah how do you yeah. be an expert in communications who knows um, you guys are definitely experts in communication. <laughs> you should put that on. I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that from a doctor of PhD. <laughs> um, Antarctica. Yeah. I'm fascinated by Antarctica. Okay. Like, is that is that going to be gone? Um, is that going to melt away? Antarctica is a, a landmass. Continent. Though. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you mean the Arctic? Oh, sorry, the Arctic. Arctic. Yeah. yeah. Arctic is north. Sorry, I meant the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. is that 
Yeah, so they're, they're saying now the summer sea ice, you know, the ice that's there all year that doesn't, you know, doesn't melt in the summer could be gone in the next couple of years. That's a, a, a guy named Peter Wadman recently said that. Um, he wrote a book called Farewell to Ice that's just out. Um, okay. Yeah, and then the winter sea ice, there, but it, it'll go... Like, Farewell to Ice yeah. is a pretty uh, dramatic, Sad dramatic thing. and yeah. doom. Yeah, but we're, I mean... Yeah, we're worried about the Arctic because it's a driver of our climate. You know, okay. it's really important for keeping the Earth cool. It's important for yeah. the jet stream, which is really important for Ireland. And if the Arctic was to go belly up, mm-hmm. would that mean then places like Siberia, places like Greenland, they would all then there be like this sort of domino effect that if all the kind of if if the sea ice goes, is the permafrost and glaciers and everything everywhere else is that only a matter of time then before all that starts to melt and yeah there's yeah, there's there could be interconnections so they call those tipping points you know right. um, so because the arctic actually um reflects some of the sun's heat you know because it's this white yeah. mass right um so it's helping to keep the earth cool so if oh, that's the sea is dark and absorb it yeah like so when you're wearing a black top yeah, in the sun yeah yeah very good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that would then actually cause warming to speed up and more melting and yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those kind of things, you know, where the earth this is all, you know, just kind of, kind of methane um kind of hydrates in the yeah. ocean floor and underneath the ground and of course if they release as a result of melting permafrost and they go air, that'll pump a lot of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere and Make it even speed worse. up warming, you know. So it's kind of a natural source but of greenhouse gases, but it's it's coming as a result of what we're doing, you know. Shit. So, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. Feedback loops, they call them. So, yeah. What are you most fearful of happening kind of sooner rather than later? Um food supply (laughs) yeah yeah because we import one ton of food per person per year into this country so we import a majority of our food Jesus. yeah um so we're not like self-sufficient at all right and we can produce cows and milk and everything but like yeah. You know, we don't really produce a lot of veg or fruit or We don't do well grain. in famines. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ireland, Ireland doesn't do yeah. well in famine conditions. So I often wonder, you know, if we had a big disruption in food supply. And we've seen it, like in Russia, they had a lot of fires a few years ago, and it, it impacted their grain supplies. Yeah. And there was a huge spike in the cost of grain um, because they just stopped selling it. You know, they stopped selling it abroad. They said, well, we're going to keep it for ourselves. We're not going to, you know. And so... Um, Is- that's a worry. Is Russia part of the problem in the sense that they just lash gas out all over the place? Yeah. And they yeah. don't really have a lot of kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to f- pick a particular kind of industry, but like, they wouldn't be known exactly for like textile or they wouldn't be known exactly oh, for. Oh, yeah. They need to sell their gas. Yeah. 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 They just literally pump gas out all over the place yeah. because it's so vast and so big and they have an abundance of yeah. it. That, yeah. So is that. Part of the problem? Or? Yeah, it is part of the problem. But I mean, other things like coal and everything are are, are yeah. a problem too. So, but but then you know we don't really want to buy gas from Russia. Like Russia's politically unstable. So yeah, in oh, a flat. in a way, I know in Europe they're trying to find ways to not have to be dependent on Russian gas, mm. and and so potentially that's an opportunity for renewables to come in. You know, 
why don't they just build more wind farms? Like, is it it's just because people object to them? Yeah, that's that's a big part. Yeah, literally just because. Yeah, because wind is uh, onshore wind is pretty cheap. Like it's yeah. it's cheaper than buying fossil fuels, you know. Um, but now we have this horrible problem in this country that nobody wants a wind turbine in their backyard, understandably. Um, and the are they that loud? I've no, been, no, I don't think close. so. I've gone up and stood next to them just to see, and yeah. I, the cars driving down the road were louder. I was more, I was more disrupted personally than listening to this kind of couple of people sound. that have them kind of in their backyard or kind of within distance say that there's a buzzing. Mm. Yeah, there's they a little bit a of whoosh. They can, yeah, they hear that yeah. and it's distracting when they're in their house. But yeah. you get that if you leave sockets on. But they get a lot of compensation, don't they? Some of these people get like free energy supply for a while oh do they okay yeah, i didn't yeah. know that there's compensation packages yeah, for them okay should they allow a turbine to be built in a certain distance from their from house, house? Yeah. okay yeah i'd happily let them stick one in the back of my gas yeah for free happily. gas and electricity you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean i i think they should have done it the way they do it in germany which is that if you if you build then you give people a share in their yeah. You know, the local community all get a share of the profits mm-hmm. so that every time they hear that whoosh, they're thinking, cha-ching, 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 yeah, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. and, and, and unfortunately, they didn't. They just really let cowboy developers kind of throw these things up and they're the ones profiting. And, you know, so it's really as a result of bad management and planning that yeah. we have this huge opposition to wind in some places, you know? What, what, which country is the most kind of complied country with all recommendations on climate change. Um, Who's leading the way? Who's leading yeah. the way? Well, Europe in general has been considered the global leaders and the drivers of climate negotiations. Really? And yeah. within Europe, the Scandinavian countries would be the best, the big leaders. Why Scandinavian countries? Because they've got more money. They probably have more money, as a pro- maybe as a result of oil. But they, yeah, they've just been very progressive. Like Denmark saw wind as an opportunity and saw becoming experts in wind as a you know as a way of leading like globally and an enterprise for them and so they were way ahead of the game on that and way ahead of the technology and you know so what about england and stuff like that how are they getting on yeah england um was really good when they were part of the eu (laughs) um at pushing for strong climate action and part of the fear with brexit is that now you don't have that country pushing for strong climate action and that will eu kind of water down their targets and everything as a result so they're they were good, and they had a climate bill. Water down the targets, really. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and become just less ambitious. Um, but yeah, but now the UK government's kind of turning a bit crap on climate. You know, it's just a, it's a different government, a more conservative government. The phone's gone. Oh. Oh dear. It just went. Oh, it's back. Oh. 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 I think it's broke. Yeah, there we go. It's back. Um, so which country then? The opposite question: which which country could be doing a whole lot better? All of them. All oh. of them. Well, Ireland should be doing. <laughs> this whole way food more. thing is worrying me a bit. What you said about the food no, supply. No, you'll still be able to ring Pam Beasley and get a quarter pound. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, yeah. No, the, I mean, I think the food thing is 
is is risk. They would say like the U.S. should be doing a lot, right? The U.S. has contributed a lot of yeah. emissions. They're a big emitter. U.S., China, India, they're all big emitters. Now the Chinese are big emitters because we want those goods made in China, you know. So yeah. so that's not factored in at all to their emissions. They're so, kind of industrial. Yeah, I mean, they're the Chinese population is not living a, a high emitting lifestyle. Like if they were living the way we live, their emissions would be five times higher well, than they are. So what's driving? What's driving their emissions is our demand. Ma- is it for, the manufacturing, the industrial yeah, manufacturing yeah, and stuff? Yeah, and that doesn't get counted in our emissions. That gets counted in their emissions. Wow. Yeah. So um, so that's part of it. So, yeah, so then I think, well, Ireland should do more too because we're we're responsible for some of China's emissions, you know? You would think America, sorry, you think America would do a lot better in terms of compliant, compliance. Yeah, they're starting to because Obama has been pushing it, but, you know. It's going to be gone soon, though. Yeah, and that's why this week they're trying to ratify the um, climate agreement okay. so that it's done before he goes. Before my man Donald takes over. <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> Don't bring the <laughs> The Donald. Do, do you think people or countries might panic and move towards nuclear or is there enough scary doomsday yeah. nightmare chernobyl type I, I don't think it's like, scare i don't think nuclear is is particularly scary when you look at the the risks actually of a of a meltdown like in terms of the odds yeah. um but it's really expensive to build a nuclear power plant it's okay. you know I mean, we couldn't even build an incinerator can you imagine trying to build yeah, a nuclear power point. plant you know so like it's just it's so expensive that 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 the the business case isn't there to, and to build yeah, like. and the waste disposal and everything is is tricky. So mm. um, I don't see new nuclear power plants being built Was it, around the world. I, I can't remember if I've seen you post this recently or somebody else, but there's talk of put, making basically Chernobyl into a joint solar. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know. How that work? Put solar panels all over the place. But is it not still contaminated? Yeah. Yeah, well, like, the stuff in, like, the, the cars and all. Have you ever seen that stuff? It's so yeah. creepy. Like, yeah. there's... Oh, man, it's so weird, like, but, um... Yeah, like, there is obviously still stuff in there that is just mangled with radiation, like, but it's, like, a big joint nature reserve now. Like, it's just completely being overgrown and all, but... Why don't... Because yeah. nothing else... They can't build that yeah. in there. There was a drone that flew over, wasn't there? Yeah. That's what I seen, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The drone footage was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a really good um I must get I'll I'll get it and put it on the website. It's a like a photo journal. This guy has basically like gone and put together essentially like a joint PDF book mm-hmm. of Chernobyl from five days before the meltdown right up to modern day. Wow. Well. And some of the stuff in it is just so scary. like the first responders. Mm-hmm. They've got like yeah. photos and everything that are just like it's not for the faint-hearted looking at this, like. But yeah. at the same time, it's so informative that you're like, Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, if, you're not, if you're not anti-nuclear before, <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. After that, yeah. Um, we're running out of time with you, Cara. That was fast. So, yeah, I thought was... we'd run out of things to say or talk <laughs> about, but we <laughs> never do. No, no. 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 Never, ever, ever. Um. I don't like asking for predictions in any kind of situation, <laughs> but in this situation, I don't even know how to bridge that. Like, is it possible to give us an idea of kind of like, okay, by twenty thirty, we change everything? How quickly is it possible to say how quickly we can start yeah. to slow down or even reverse things? Or 
Yeah, it, t- it would take a long time because carbon dioxide stays in the atmosphere for hundreds of years. So, you know, the lifetime of what we put up there now yeah. is, is a really long time. How many time. trees will we need to plant? Oh, wow, I don't know. That's a good question. A shit ton, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. we're chopping them down, obviously. Yeah, and then you can't, yeah, you have to yeah. keep them up. You can't chop them down, you know. So, yeah, it would be hard to offset our our okay. emissions on forestry alone, you know. Right, we would, simple ideas. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, trees are great, but but that's not the only solution, yeah. you know. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, we will see the climate change, even if we act now, the climate will keep changing, you know, for yeah. a while. So that's going to happen. Like sea levels will rise, even if we sort uh-huh. this, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Like, so... We have to prepare for a change in climate. That's part yeah. of it. We have to prepare for a different climate, but we have to also try and prevent the worst from happening too. You Do know? we need to accept that we may only see certain wildlife in the zoo as well? Is that extinctions? L- yeah, like yeah. Polar bears, like yeah. walruses. I mean, whatever. you can look at the the IPCC reports, um, and you can see that every with every degree, they say. You know the ex- extinction. If we hit two degrees, we can expect thirty percent of species to become extinct. If we hit three, you know, wow. and we've already, I think, about half the world's species are extinct yeah. already. You know, so this is this is happening. You know, See, I, like it's one of them. I, when you say half, I know that's huge. Yeah, but like that includes kind of little yeah, insect, a yeah. lot of people. Down, and we're still discovering new species. And yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like when it's something that you know people watch a documentary about with David Attenborough, they can put like kind of. A friendly looking face to something that would maul the face off you, give me yeah, the opportunity. Like, bear yeah, or you, know, yeah. you don't want any more of them. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's that kind of stuff that does hit some people. It resonates with them that suddenly they're like, oh, that cute, furry looking thing is now, you know. Extinct. Yeah. yeah, it works for kids anyway. You know, they, they get That's, excited. We need to manipulate the children. Not manipulate, we need to educate. <laughs> educate. We need to educate, yeah. Not manipulate. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's not enough. I think it goes down to, like, what affects us, and that's why I'm into climate change. It's, it's yeah. because, like, you know, I want my food. I, want, I don't want my house to flood. I want healthy air to breathe. You know, I, I, like, it's all those personal quality of life and well-being issues. I mean, now you're looking at anthrax has been released in Siberia as a result of melting permafrost. What? And, what? Yeah, yeah. Anthrax? Yeah, so, the, so there was a, a herd of caribou were exposed to anthrax, which is, which is found naturally like yeah. 80 years ago or I don't know, maybe longer, um, and died and was frozen in the permafrost in Siberia. And now the permafrost is melting, so that carcass was exposed. Oh. And it killed two people and it put 90 people in hospital. And it wiped out a, a, a caribou population of about 2,000. You know, just recently, yeah. So you're getting weird, like, diseases and, like, Zika virus and all of these things are moving because of climate change. So all these things are... Yeah. So disease now is an issue as well. Yeah, I'm really sounding like the merchant of doom now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. If the sea level doesn't kill you, then... (laughs) Disease will. Yeah, yeah. So, like... It was was Zika and stuff like that. Because they're mosquito-borne, and so these mosquitoes can now migrate to places that they could never live before as a result of climate change so could we this this probably like again i'm jumping to worst case scenario but like could we like something that spreads something that spread like mass and like go really like smallpox or something yeah no smallpox is a concern because apparently there are and there are eskimo populations that got smallpox that are buried in the permafrost and scientists are saying when those bodies are exposed you know we might 
So smallpox is a bitch. Like I know. That thing just goes, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, so it's crazy. Damn. I mean, it's amazing. Like everything, every day, I have a little news alert of everything coming in on climate change. And it's like, climate change is going to affect your sex life. Climate change is going to affect how fast the world spins because of sea level rise is changing how fast the earth. How will it affect your sex life? I think apparently you're going to have less sex because you're not going to be in the mood or something oh, because of drought yeah, and everything. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's like every day there's another story on climate change is going to affect this or that or it's just endless. Like, well, it actually slow the earth. Yeah, yeah. It's just because it's the Because of like, the sea level rise, yeah, because the water is going to change, you know, how fast oh. the earth rotates, like infinitesimally. But I, when I read that, I went, oh, my God, humans are actually yeah. going to change how fast the Earth spins. Like, to me, that's incredible. Does that, that affect time, then? No? Well, yeah, I mean, we judge our time by how fast the Earth spins. Yeah. So, yeah. Add a second to the clock or something. Oh, here, this is yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The lead here will become every four and a half. I'm a serious headache yeah. with all this no. information. I mean, it's tiny. Like, it would be tiny for change, but... You know, you know yeah, but like they're so fussy about time. Sure, they adjusted it like point two five of a day just to match leap years and shit. Yeah, like yeah. I went on a buzz, but remember we were saying earlier, go down rabbit holes. I went down a rabbit hole before about like Gregorian calendar versus all these other. Oh I got god. really nerdy. Oh my god! Really nerdy. I want I want you on my pub quiz team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm great at pub quizzes. Oh yeah, yeah. He wins them all. Yeah, the time. Okay, that's a plan. That's, that's what an arts degree does for yeah. you. Yeah, know? useless information. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. get more into doomsday. What's the worst case scenario in terms of like, you know, like the end of the world stuff? Can yeah. that eventually happen with climate change? And how will it happen? Yeah, We're really well, going for a big sexy drama here now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr- Let's go. We'll go back to the yeah. sex life so, after. I mean the earth will be fine as a result of climate change. The Earth itself... Physically. Physically fine. It's not going to explode. No, no, no. no. It'll, you know, like, if we look at other planets, there's way more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, you know, so... They're, 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 so this rock will keep spinning. This rock should just keep spinning, right? Yeah, it's like climate change. Be. Yeah, it's just you and I won't be here, our progeny, or, you know, so... And other animals or whatever. So it's really... Climate change is about us. It's, it's not about the it's Earth. how we treat the Earth. Well, it's like, about what's going to happen to us, what's going to happen to the human race. That is what really is about, you know, I mean, other species, there will be winners and losers, and other animals might benefit as a result of climate change, but we won't because... So for about, like, 12,000 years, we've been kind of cream of the crop, but now we could be staring down the barrel of being, like, just another footnote in... Yeah, well, no, we won't yeah, be a footnote. The dinosaurs, right? You know? But nobody's going <laughs> to talk about us because we're the only ones to talk. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. There goes the podcast, guys. Like, <laughs> oh, seriously, I'm like, it was nice <laughs> I don't know why that one made my head just go, oh. So it'll be mm. just the way we treat the earth in terms of the flood, the, the water will rise. You won't be able to live on, on land because it'll be just full of water. Yeah, there'd be fewer places to fewer live. Places right? to live. So, I mean, uh, there so was. So we'd be a, killing each other to get a place. Well, this is. I mean, I asked a hill. really well-known climate scientist who advises a lot of like James Cameron movies and stuff. What movie best represents a climate change world? And he said to me, "The Road." And in the road, you know, there's way less people. Yeah. The weather's crap, and they're eating each other because yeah. there's no food. So the road is terrifying, you know. Um, and yeah, so Oof. you know, there'd be less humans. That's that's. You know, worst case, yeah. but you know, that's I, we're the only planet with chocolate, lads. That should be an orphan center, uh-huh. <laughs> like, that should be an orphan center. Yeah, and like... you probably need some after this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be covered even for a week, yeah. No, so we have to just end on something 
positive, positive right? Yes, which, definitely. Yeah, which I would say is like there is a solution, and the yes. solution, and actually the solution has all these benefits to us. Like if we ch- if we actually acted on climate, we would have a way better quality of life. You know, we would we'd have cleaner air, we'd be healthier. You yeah. know, we'd be more connected to our community and our food, and you know, so. So when I think about a world of climate action is actually a better world than what we're living in now. You know, it's it's the world I would want to be living in. And I yeah. think so I think we should be asking for it. even if climate change didn't exist, we we would want that world. You know, we yeah. would want that world. So so we should be asking for that. Not know. perfect, just better. Better, yeah, better. Okay. You know, cleaner and better and and more self sufficient, you know, yeah. like we shouldn't be at the mercy of Russia and the Middle East for our energy and you know, so and we should be connected to our food and have more diverse foods, so that farmers aren't at the mercy of just selling milk and beef for nothing. And you know, um, so like they're all opportunities, really. That's how I see it. I like it. That's I like it. That too. is a good note to end on. Phew. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask some more, but no, we'll end no, on that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> well, guys, well done on all the research to have this conversation. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much awesome. for your time, Dr. Carla. Oh, it has thanks been, for having um, me. Blew my mind. It's been a learning experience. <laughs> we have to get you back on at some point. Because a- anytime. Love to like, be on. I feel as though we just went on tangents without actually... As we usually do. Yeah, uh-huh. but like, there's so much more to this conversation than we managed to yeah. cover off in the space yeah. of an hour like but um in the meantime people can you have an faq friday that you do on your website yeah well, i have a blog called the verdant yank so yeah. if you if you google the verdant yank it comes verdant, verdant yank verdant yes yank. verdant is in green and yank is in america <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the other yank uh, <laughs> yeah so um yeah so that that's ongoing and i'm on twitter and facebook and yeah happy to talk anytime so send questions or i'll come in what is your twitter handle uh c augustenborg i know a u g u s t where's the surname come from it's danish lovely yes yeah Yeah. though i've never been to denmark so you have to go you'll have to correct that especially when they're leading yeah. Yeah. I know. Change country. I know. I should probably move there. <laughs> oh no, stay here. We want you. Yeah. yeah. We could do with your knowledge. But then I'd have nothing to do. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there so check out see Augustenburg on Twitter, the Verdant Yank blog, which fingers crossed will be an award winning blog. Oh, that would be amazing. Really yeah. We wish you all the best uh, with that. Thanks. Um and keep fighting the good fight. You too. Keep finding the good fight. Because somebody has yeah. to. So, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Augusta Ball, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank guys. you. Thanks very much. Well, I learned something. Yeah, that was. It's it's frightening, yet it's at scary. the same time, kind of like okay. It's very real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the the, the people that deny it, I find, are very entertaining in in a kind of sad way. Like, I don't know yeah, how you can I... deny that. Like, the, one of the facts there was that ninety seven percent. Of scientists that yeah. research this are behind that to say that it's true that true, yeah. climate climate control uh, is man made. Yeah, I like, I'll be honest. I was in the denial camp up until about maybe seven or eight years ago. I just kind of I was laziness more than that, but I was very much sort of ah uh, yeah. Look, it goes in cycles. Should the earth warms up, it cools down. We've had ice ages and we've had melts. Yeah, it's just you another know phase I mean? type thing. You know, and then. All that sort of crack, and I, I probably did get into Facebook arguments, as was a hobby of mine for a while. 
Yeah. Oh, you used to love those Facebook used, used to love a good fishing argument on Facebook. But I've got older and maturer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you, um, you can be a bit argumentative. Well, back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, no, I, but I knew what I was doing. Like, I knew it was... Winding people up. Yeah, being an absolute um, pillock. But, um, yeah, look, lads, check out this woman's work. Just just go onto our website, have a browse, have a look around some of the Don't stuff. Don't get too scared. Because yeah, we can change. We can change. I think that's the positive that we can take away from this and the positive that Dr. Carla left us with. You know, that change is... We're, we're change ready. I just want to go home and listen to Michael Jackson's air song. That just made reminded me of climate change. Oh, okay, fair enough. I wouldn't be listening to Michael Jackson now. That's because my taste in music is better than yours. Because we already said Queen B was better than Britney Spears. Yeah, Michael Jackson. You don't like Michael Jackson? I hate Michael Jackson. I hear. And his, his questionable character. That's an argument for another day. It is. I'm Go not getting into arguments with you. Yeah. We did enough that last week. Yeah, once again, carlotgostenberg.com, see Gostenberg on Twitter. I'm at Dan Joe Murray on Twitter. I'm at Merrigan Mania. Brilliant. Ballybrack Bulls as well, season yeah. starting October 1st. Come on, the Bulls. Come on, the Bulls. Can't wait, man. Want thousands up at Lawrence's. Wreck the gaff. Can't be amazing. Absolutely up in the place. I won't get um, sent off. You better not. What is it if you get. Five fouls are off. Five fouls are off, yeah. yeah. I went to one of your matches and you got five fouls, little tick. It happened too much last season. Yeah. You want to calm that temper of yours? I was told to wheel up, so I wheeled up. Love it. So yeah, anyway, that's that. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash WTS pod Ireland. iTunes at WTS pod. Lads, please rate, review and subscribe. Um, we're going to be... Jerseys. Loads of jerseys. Loads of jerseys. Loads of jerseys. But especially look the diaspora across the world. If you're in Australia, if you're in America, if you're in Saudi Arabia, if you're in... Up Saudi, up Janine in Saudi Arabia. Go on Janine, you mad thing. If you are in... We have people listening in Pakistan. We have people listening in South Africa. We have people listening in Japan. Um, we, we have people listening in Russia we, look there is literally people listening to us in little pockets of the globe all over the place lads if you're listening please 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 rate review and subscribe it's the only way we're going to be able to spread the love of WTS pod good night and god bless well you just jumped right in there lads until next week what he said <laughs>